It's like the Bible said, I got the Holy Ghost in my soul. Shows up the Bible said, trade nothing for my journey now greetings in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ this is your apostle reddick with converting souls apostolic ministries and today i will be going over still spirit the spirit and the spirits of the bible this is the last lesson on the spirit of god the spirit and it's just going to touch on his names and his names represent the character that the spirit or the spirit of god brings about his nature with the father and the son heavenly father we just thank you for this day we thank you for this time to commune at your table we thank you for your word that gives us the truth and is not a lie. It is the only thing in this world that is perfect. It does not make mistakes. It is not written in error because it was written by men inspired by your spirit. So in other words, it is written by the spirit of God. So, Father, I pray that you would have your way in all that hear. Give them eyes to see and ears to hear with an understanding. And those I understand that are not to get this unless they be delivered and set free. There is that group, and sometimes we forget about that group, God, in hopes that you would reach all. And so if this message isn't the message that's supposed to reach them, I'll know by their responses. So have your way, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I yield to you now, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. I yield to you for you to have your way in my vessel that you would speak through me, that the people will hear Christ and not me, and that your name be glorified. In the name of our potentate King, Jesus Christ himself, amen and amen.
So we're touching on the different names of the spirit. The different names of the spirit. And with each name, there's a character trait attached even to God's name. You know how I teach you on the L names of God. Well, in the L names of God, we understood what each L name represented. And it also represents his nature. So we're going to be talking from Psalms 51. Psalms 51. And I go through the Bible, so keep it handy. Psalms 51:11 It says cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy holy spirit from me We already understand what spirit is but he says cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy holy this is where holy is capitalized. And here it represents the spirit of God. Take not thy holy spirit from me. There's something about being holy. And David understood that. He is pleading with God after he has done something wrong. And he says, cast me not, God. Because see, those that know and trust and love God, they know that when you walk in sin, God's presence is removed. So here is one that is coming back to him. He says, cast me not away from your presence. And take not thy holy spirit from me. So holy here represents the character of the spirit. And what does it mean? It means apartness. It means sacredness. If anybody know what sacred is. To be sacred, to be set apart for God is to be holy. And that's the Old Testament definition. The New Testament definition which is the Greek, is means to be set apart, to be sanctified, to be consecrated. And it deals more with moral significance. The Old Testament also deals with moral significance. So the word holy deals with moral significance. And so we must understand that the spirit Remember when I taught the first week that during the intertestamental period, the Holy Spirit replaced the word spirit because God added his character to it. Holy God we serve. If God is holy, then so is his spirit. That, that represents us too when we follow the Holy Spirit. Our spirits become holy. 
Now you're saying, but we still have this sin nature. Yes, in your soulish realm. And your spirit wars against your soulish realm. And so therefore, if your spirit is connected to God, you should be following it. So the holiness of God deals with the moral significance of the human. It puts us in alignment in his divine nature. Let's go to Ephesians, the first chapter. We have to be like David. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Cast me not out of your presence, Lord. Ephesians 1.13 In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. It's a promise that God gave to you and to me. It's a promise. The Holy Spirit of promise. Holy is the character we're looking at. Holy Spirit. David said it was holy. He recognized it in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians, we're learning from the writer that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We're sealed with him. That's God's mark on us. Let's go to the fourth chapter, the 30th verse. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. See, he's saying, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Until the day Christ come in the clouds and we meet him in the air. Those of us that have died on before us, they will be caught up first. So we must understand that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And one way you grieve him is through sin. I want you to understand that. He's saying, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. So, he's letting us know we got to have some moral significance in our lives. We must be set apart, sanctified, and consecrated. We must be. If you're saying you have the Holy Ghost, I'm looking for the holy part. We must see it. We must walk in it. The Holy Ghost is the power of God. He helps you to decide not to sin. Romans, the first chapter. And let me tell you something. A student is not above its master. Jesus Christ is our master. The Holy Ghost is our teacher. And if Christ walked in the spirit of God, so must, me, so must we. Romans 1, 4, and declared. Jesus was determined to be the son of God with power, 
according to the spirit of holiness, not according to his flesh. Jesus walked the earth. He was called the son of God according to the spirit of holiness. That's the name of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of holiness. You want to be a son of God, where's the spirit of holiness in your life? By the resurrection from the dead, the spirit of holiness raises us from the dead. I'm living, but at one point I was dead. But what happened? The spirit of holiness. The Holy Spirit. He came upon me. God filled me. God baptized me. And so therefore, the spirit of holiness declares me. To be a son of God. See, another title for the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the adoption. The Bible says we can cry, Abba, Father, because of the spirit of holiness. It testifies that we are the sons of God. Don't look at male and female right now. Just understand that you're supposed to be a son of God. And the spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit, which you are sealed with, determines you to be one. Don't grieve him. Walk in the spirit of holiness. Now, the fundamental idea of holy means to be separated, consecrated, devoted to God, and sharing, sharing, Sharing in God's purity. We talked about the spirit and purity. Giving grace. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm saying that right. But we talked about that. Sharing God's purity. And abstaining from earth's defilement. The power of God is powerful enough to keep you from sinning. But he don't take your choice away. You've got to understand. You've got to choose between the good and the evil in your life. You've got to understand that God has given us the earnest of our inheritance. He was. He is. The promise that God sent down from heaven after the resurrection of our Lord and the ascension. We are sealed with him. And we must walk like it. We must share in God's purity. We must be devoted to him and we must abstain from earth's defilement. Hebrews 9.14 Hebrews 9, 14. We're talking about God, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God's names. And so here we have Hebrews 9, 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, offered himself without defilement, offered himself without fault, this is offering yourself to God through the eternal spirit. What spirit? The spirit of holiness. 
He says, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And what is a part of being holy? Devotion to God, sharing in his pureness and staying away from earth's defilement. Another one of God's names is the spirit of truth. I told you I'm just touching on each one. The spirit of truth. So here we see character in that. He's just not the spirit, the powerful, invisible word of God, but he's the spirit of truth. Um, that means that he unveils the reality lying at the basis of and agreeing with the appearance. In other words, it's not just what it appears to be. I know the truth behind what I'm seeing. There's some discernment going on here. The spirit of truth discerns. And it, it knows what's lying behind a matter. That's why he unveils the reality of it. The next understanding of truth is that the manifested or the veritable essence of a matter. That means the real nature of it. Let me, let me tell you something. We can talk about things and you can see me here. But what is the true matter of the thing? What is my true nature? Am I teaching you? Or is the spirit of God teaching you? Or is there another teacher teaching you? What is the real matter? What is my true nature? I know I have two sin natures. One of earth and one of heaven. There's the spirit of truth, and then there's, let's go to John 14. He is the spirit of truth. Fourteen, seventeen. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Excuse me. You know him. And who is Jesus talking to? He's talking to his disciples. You are supposed to know the spirit of truth. He is with you and then he shall be in you. Um, when your day of Pentecost come, when the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, when you are truly converted, born of the spirit, born from above, that's when he's in you. Otherwise he has to stay with you until the father or the son give him command and baptize you. Now, this spirit of truth, I told you, he discerns. He unveils. He shows you a person's true natural reality. 
First John, the second chapter. First John 2.20 But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Jump down to 27. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you and you need not any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you all things and is true and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Now I want you to understand verse 27. That no man should teach you. We do need teachers. God gave us the fivefold ministry for that. To perfect us. And I just told you that the only thing that's perfect in this world is the Holy Word of God. The Bible. We are to be perfected. Mean become mature sons of God. To walk as a son with the spirit of holiness even as Christ did. And to grow up in him. And so... He's letting us know that the anointing, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth gives us this unction. And he speaks through us. We have an unction from the Holy One. The Holy One is Jesus Christ. But he gives us the anointing. The anointing is the spirit of God. And we must understand that this same anointing that's teaching you of all things. So when you're not around your teacher, you're not around your pastor, you're not around your apostle, your bishop, your evangelist, or your prophet. You're not around them. So the Holy Spirit you are depending on. Why? Because he's still teaching you when we're not around. That's the understanding of this verse. So don't get like, oh, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's this fault, it's that fault. Have you been reading your word? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to open up to you the word of God so that you would know? And I know we are not all taught to do the same thing. But I want you to understand that we do depend on our leaders to teach us things. But some things you can learn at home. You can watch other pastors on TV. You can open your Bible and do a study yourself. If you, if you never knew how, ask somebody to teach you how. You can go buy a book from the Bible bookstore. They got all kinds of Christian material. I would tell you, go to other stores. Um, but I've been in other stores and you've got to be careful because in some stores they got witchcraft next to Christian stuff, next to Christian ministry tools. So you've got to be careful what you're picking. Now, if you need help, just ask one of the more mature people at your church can you go, can we meet up on such and such a day? I would like to get some material. Have you been to this store? You know how to pick out what's good Christian literature to study.
1 John 4. Now you have this anointing. Now God equips us. First John 4. First John 4. We're talking about the spirit of truth. And I'm trying to get through real, because I got one more. One more character trait of the Holy Spirit by his title, by his name. First John 4, verse 6. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This God is entitled in discernment. You've got to be able to differentiate between the two. That's what discernment is. You've got to be able to tell the difference. Can you tell the difference in the spirit of truth when somebody has that spirit or when they have the spirit of error? When people are in sin, they have the spirit of error. That's another scripture, but I'm not going there right now. I just want you to understand this is how the more mature leaders know where you are. If you are in sin, you are walking in a spirit of error. If not, then they know if you're, you're walking in truth. Because the unveiling will prove the truth. This is called discernment. And it is a gift of the Holy Ghost found in 1 Corinthians 12, 10. It is the gift of discernment. It is meaning true judgment. You've got to understand that you can only walk this way by the spirit of truth. It is the discerning of spirits. This type of discernment helps when you're a seer. I want you to understand that. It unveils what is behind the scenes. And see, growing in ministry and, and not knowing that you, you, you are a seer and you start seeing things in people and you're not understanding. And so it is puzzling to the mind. When God is discerning, he's the Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth is letting me know you're seeing what you're seeing. I'm unveiling the truth to you. It's not a lie. It's a truth. That person is walking in the spirit of error. It's a different spirit. And see, this is what you learn as you're growing in ministry. And this, you have to lean on the spirit of God, the spirit of truth, because he leads and guides you in all truth, uh, not just what people want you to see. He unveils the nature of a thing. So discerning is distinguishing. You've got to know that these two spirits walk in the earth, uh, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, and they walk in people, and we've got to be able to discern, but it's a gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, but it is also one of the gifts that we receive 
from the fall of man so that we can be like God. But let me tell you something about Satan. He don't want you to be like God. He wants you to be like him. He knew right from wrong. He knew evil, but we didn't. And in unveiling the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, our eyes was open to the evil. And you've got to understand now you know the spirit of truth and good and the spirit of evil, the spirit of the devil and evil. Hebrews 5.14. Hebrews 5.14. This is the discernment of the spirit. Now see, all of you that want to stay on milk and you want to grieve the Holy Spirit, you go right ahead. But there are people out there that need those that are on strong meat. He says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of that means they are perfect. They have become into the mature place as the son of God. They not where they used to be or they not where you may be now. They have stayed in alignment with the spirit of truth. They have stayed in alignment with the Holy Spirit. They have stayed in alignment with the Holy Ghost. And what they do, they chew on that full meat. They are steak. And sometimes steak, you got to chew and chew and chew until you get it to where you can swallow. That means the word of God, there's some deepness and hidden mysteries that you may not know of until those with, till those on full age begin to speak the gospel. And they give you an understanding of where you are and that you need this help or that help. He says, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercises to discern both good and evil. What are you discerning? You've got to understand the good is the truth. The evil is the error. I want you to understand, even as a seer. I had to grow and mature in my visions, the things that God was showing me so that I can understand. And he's sharpening my discernment. He's letting me see, listen, I need you to use those senses of your eyes. I need that in the earth today. I need you to be able to spot the spirit of error in people. Are you walking in that spirit today? And I'm, I'm, I'm just saying because I have this gift. So I was learning it and I'm understanding it and I'm maturing in it. Why? Because I've been exercising. And then God gave me the knowledge to understand. So here I'm exercising. I'm, I'm using that, that gift of, of vision, of sight, of being a seer so that I will understand. So that as I'm exercising, God is sharpening my discernment. And he wants to do that for you. You may not have the gift that I have, but there is something in you he's trying to mature. And we've got to get you to that place. It's part of our job as a five-fold ministry. 
Now full age, I told you meant perfect, mature as a son of God. And then of use means of a habit or perfection. You are exercising. You are discerning. So here we have, and we're, 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 we are on, we're coming up on the Holy Ghost because that's the last character trait that I'm going to share with you today. But I want you to know that not only is the Holy Spirit or the Spirit called the Spirit, the Spirit of Holiness or the Holy Spirit, not only is he called the spirit of truth, the one that helps us to discern between good and evil. Here we are discerning now. And here we have the spirit of God and the spirit of the Lord. And this is the Holy Spirit. And so... The spirit of the Lord is to empower us by God to, to help others. But I want to tell you something. If you get your information the wrong way, you need to address the person to make sure it's the right information. If you get it the wrong way and then they show you and they tell you, then you need to accept the fact of what they're sharing with you. Isaiah 61, one through three was a prophecy for Christ that the spirit of the Lord would be upon him. Luke 4, 18, it was fulfilled. And what does God anoint us with his spirit for? He anoints us. He sends us, he sets us free and he, and he causes us to preach. He sends us Isaiah 48, 16. He sets us free and give us liberty, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. And he causes us to preach, Matthew 10, 20. And let's go to... Um, let's go to 1 Corinthians real quick. I might want you to go to Matthew, but let me see. First Corinthians 2.11 tells us it is the spirit of our God. And it's to help the body of Christ and all those who want, who want to enter into the kingdom. Or if you're without and God uses one of us to help you, it's the spirit of truth trying to pull you in. He draws you. But it's to do God's purpose. Let's go to Isaiah 32. He says... This is the promise until the 32, 15, until the spirit be poured upon us from on high 
and the wilderness be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. It's the promise of God. But it's for a purpose. The Spirit of God. In Psalms 104, in Job 33, in Genesis 1, it all shows us where the Spirit of God moved in creation. Let's go to Job 26. Job 26, 13, it says, By his spirit he hath garnished the heavens. His hands have formed the crooked serpent. So he made all things, even the devil. And so we must understand this. I wanted you to know that the spirit of God on the earth is to empower us to help others. And we got to exercise. Are you exercising at your church? Are you exercising on your job? Are you exercising in your home? We've got to exercise. Romans, the first chapter. One, four through five. He says, oh, this is the Holy Ghost I'm on now. And the Holy Ghost is connected to the spirit of holiness. The Holy Spirit is just another name. And, and it's set apart power. When you think of the Holy Ghost, I need you to think of the power of God. Because by his name, it's a holy power. It's the Holy Ghost. It is a set apart spirit. This power is dunamis. It's, his, it's grace and of the apostleship. It's this miraculous power coming out of the mighty power of God inherent in Christ and which powers was lent to his witness and ambassadors. Are you a witness for God? He, he gives you, he lends you his power. When you think of the Holy Ghost, I need you to think of the miraculous working power. But it's holy. And it's set apart for God's witnesses. And ambassadors. That's why I always say, well... 
you got to be a believer to have that power. In other words, you can't just get this power. He is the paraclete. In John 14, 26, we learn he is the comforter, who is the Holy Ghost. He is the comforter. He who has been or may be called to help or a helper. This means Jesus called, was calling him the paraclete. He is the comforter. He is also known as the allos. And these are Greek terms. And we must understand in 1 John 5, 7, he calls him the equal. One of the same quality. He says, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. These three are one. That means they are of equal quality. These three. And the one in the earth today is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of holiness. The Holy Ghost. And he abides with us forever, John 14, 16. And what, what does he need to comfort us in? In times where evil men are delivering us up. John 16, 7. He also, in times of sorrow in your life, he comforts us. Let's go to Acts, the ninth chapter. Acts, the ninth chapter, the 31st verse, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified. That means they were built up the churches and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost was, and they were multiplied. The comfort of the Holy Ghost is for you and me. Jesus called him paraclete because he acts as himself. He is Christ substitute in the earth. And he is the one who pleads God's cause with us. It is the Holy Ghost. In 1 John 5, 6, 7, and 9, he bears witness. He makes us witnesses too. Acts 20, 28, he makes you an overseer. At Romans 14, 17, we have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, we have communion with the Holy Ghost. There's something else that the Holy Ghost does. And it is in Titus, the third chapter. Chapter 3. Let's go to Titus. Titus 
He says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So he will renew us in the Holy Spirit. The renewing means it makes a person different than the past. As you elevate up, God has renewed you at some point. When I look back on my life, I looked at how God renewed me. I'm not the same that I used to be. Now, if I want to go back to that, all I got to do is stop following the Holy Ghost and start following my flesh. All I got to do is go back to the things I used to do. But the Holy Ghost renewed me. It made me different than my past. I need you to turn to Romans, the 12th chapter, the first and second verse. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The renewing of our mind is what the Holy Ghost does. That's why we become different than our past. Um, he changes our minds on matters. Why? Because we begin to walk in the holiness that God made us partakers of. Uh, we see things a little differently. And so therefore we walk in the spirit of holiness. Now, another thing, this is the final thing on the Holy Ghost. He actuates you. He actuates you. To actuate means to be born away by the Holy Spirit or actuated by the Holy Spirit. I need you to turn to 2 Peter. Second Peter, the first chapter, the 21st verse. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Moved here means to be actuated. That means he started you up. He caused you to function or to act. And here we have the Bible because holy men of God, they were actuated by the Holy Ghost. They were actuated. They were empowered by the spirit of the Lord to move, to act. Go with me to 1 Peter 1. First Peter 1, 12. 
He says, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. <laughs> the angels can't even have the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, just like Jesus was. But he wants to actuate you. He wants to cause you to function or act. Acts 1. Let's go to Acts 1. Acts 1, 16. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide, which was guide, a guide to them that took Jesus. The Holy Ghost spake by the mouth of David. He caused him to preach, to prophesy. He actuated them. Now, he, they also talking about Judas. Judas was actuated by the devil. Judas, he took them. He says, he guided, they guided them to Jesus. Judas guided them to Jesus, the ones that took him. And we know in the scriptures, it shows us he was actuated by the devil. That's why you got to know when it's the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You got to work that discernment. 2 Samuel 23. Second Samuel 23, verse 1 and 2. Now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel, said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. What was he doing? He actuated David to talk, to act, to function. The God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spake to me. So he's saying, the God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spake to me. And who is the rock but Jesus Christ himself? Um, the Holy Ghost will actuate us. Um, he will have us to begin to act on behalf of God, begin to function. He will cause us to exercise our gifts and be in full age. See, when you full age, you don't stop exercising no matter the circumstances. But I want you to understand this. There are times where God will shut you down. 
Y'all don't know that the spirit of deep sleep he'll put on you. He will shut his prophet down. He will shut his apostle down. So they will not prophesy. They will not know what's going on here or there. I want y'all to understand that just like the Holy Ghost will enact you, remember, he will refrain you. He will tell you, don't go there. Some people need to learn that lesson. He will tell you, don't teach over here. We need to follow the Holy Spirit. We need the discernment of the Spirit to unveil the truth of a matter to us. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal the nature of a thing to us. And see, he worked through us differently. Not everybody has the same gifts or talents. But this is a little touch on the different names of the Holy Ghost, of the Spirit. Because that's what we've been talking about, the spirit. And as you can see, there is much to the spirit of God. And I want you to understand that you, we need as a body to perfect. We need as a body to have this gift of discernment working. That means we need to be actuated by the Holy Ghost and not walk in our flesh because there are two spirits in the world, the spirit of error and the spirit of truth, the, the spirit of evil and the spirit of good. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth that unveils a matter to us. He'll make us get down to the root of the problem. And sometimes people need deliverance from the root. They got to get down to the root and get down to the real truth, uh, not the surface truth, the real truth. And not everybody gets down to that. So I pray that you understand that you have some understanding at some point on this teaching today. That God opened your eyes and ears of understanding. That he broke up the follow ground so that the good ground can receive what he said today. So, Father, I thank you for your word today. And I pray for all those that want to repent for walking in the spirit of error. I pray that you would forgive them. I pray that you would deliver them and set them free. I pray that those that want to be empowered by your spirit, that you would baptize them by your spirit, that they will walk in what they received in the teachings of Jesus Christ, because it's by him alone that you baptize us by the spirit. And this is the Holy Ghost. This is your spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. And by him, 
we devote ourselves to you. By him, we share in your purity. By him, we are empowered to help others. So Father, I pray that you will continue to teach us by your spirit. To Christ, the Holy One, continue to teach us through your spirit, the spirit of holiness. That we will continue to learn and be set apart to help others. Help us to discern, Father, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Help us to discern spirits. Because that is a gift that you have given us through your spirit. Activated in us as a people, God. We have our natural gift of discernment because of the fall. But we really need the truth behind the matter. Because not having the truth causes us to walk in error. So help us, Lord. Give us the spirit of truth that we will not walk in the spirit of error. Help us, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, who walked by your eternal spirit in the earth, who walked in the spirit of holiness by your Holy Spirit. By your Holy Ghost, he walked in a power that's pure. That's from you. Actuate us, God, and cause us to function. Help us to exercise the gifts and the talents that you have given us continually. Help us, Lord, to walk according to your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ and help us as a body, help the body with the head and the head with the body and your kingdom. And what I'm saying is help the leader with the people and the people with the leader. Bring us into unity, God, because I see in your word as unity comes about, there's a move of the spirit. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen.